The Read More, Read Well podcast, your help and encouragement on your reading journey. Welcome to the Read More, Read Well podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Lewandowski, and I have with me today, Dia Boyle. Dia has her bachelor's degree from Cornell College in Iowa, licentiate in medieval studies from Pont Institute of Medieval Studies. She's been married for 40 years to John Boyle, founding member and chairman of the Department of Catholic Studies at the University of St. Thomas. And Dr. Boyle has also spoken at some of our conferences and written in our publications. Together, they have three adult children, two sons and a daughter, and Dia is a homemaker by profession. She regularly writes and gives talks on the home, marriage, friendship, and other topics. And she has written a book that she's hoping will be published soon, titled The Thoughtful Home. And Dia, I have to tell you, I knew that you had written for, for us in the past, so I was looking back for your article and 10 years ago, in 2014, you actually wrote an article for us entitled The Thoughtful Home. Um, can you tell um, us about the first time you wrote about this idea of the thoughtful home? So I started thinking about, well, I've always thought about the home. And I've always thought, I've always loved the word thoughtful. One of the things that I've, that I really like about the word, well, I guess I would say, I would love to be called thoughtful. I would love it if someone said, she's a thoughtful person. Mm. And I realized that thoughtful has a couple of meanings. Um, they're related. One is the, the idea of careful thought or consideration. So you might talk about a thought, say a thought, a response is thoughtful or an essay is thoughtful. Um, the other meaning is has more to do with thinking about other people. And you'd say like, that was a thoughtful gesture or she's such a thoughtful person. So both those meanings, you can see the connection. They both have to do with paying attention, being focused and, and looking at what the needs are of the person in front of you or the idea in front of you. I've always thought about the home. I've always, I love the home. I love being a homemaker. Um, I enjoy all kinds of parts about it, but Something I think that's really important is that our homes be places that help us to be thoughtful and places in which we exercise that quality of thoughtfulness, that we pay attention to what's going on in the home, to the people that are in the home, um, and that we think about how to answer the needs of those that are in the home. I came to a realization maybe more than a decade ago, that um, we have classes to prepare us for our career. We have classes to prepare us for marriage. We have classes to prepare us for childbirth. Uh, We go through classes when our children are getting baptized, but we never have classes on making a home. Maybe some of us who are old enough had home ec or something like that, but it really wasn't, that was more Mm -hmm. about the, the technical skills. It wasn't about what a home is. And so I I responded to that by organizing a couple of little seminars or workshops with young women who are thinking about or just starting to make a home. Um, And that's what really really got me thinking deeply about how to articulate what I think a thoughtful home is, what I think a good home is. Did you have a particular 
um, incident where you realized that the thoughtful home is something that we need to consider? Because it's, I, I guess when I was looking at re- looking at your article, I thought, oh, the opposite of a thoughtful home is an un- <laughs> thoughtful home, which it really takes an intentionality. Did you have a moment where, where as a young person or as a, a young homemaker, you thought, okay, I want something different? Or had you grown up this way where you were continuing what you'd been taught? Or did you have a moment where you thought, okay, I need to look at how I'm doing these things? I think that, that the the moment was less in my own homemaking journey because I think I was raised, I mean, I'm 64 years old, so I was raised in a different era from young women today or even young women 20 years ago. Um, the home was just, it was more taken for granted how, that we were in the home that, I mean, it was a time before that serious the serious distractions from electronics and technology. Um, So it's not that we thought more about the home, but I think we didn't need to think as much about the home. There was a cultural template in existence that if we did what our mom did, if we did what the, the, you know, the magazines that we read said to do, we were doing okay. And I started to realize that young women today, first of all, they might not have grown up in a home that was very, intentional. That doesn't mean it was impoverished. It doesn't mean that, you know, their mom wasn't a good mom or their dad wasn't a good dad, but there just wasn't that thought about the importance of the home. They didn't have like a muscle memory. They didn't have a an instinct for it, I guess is the the word I would say. And what I saw is that I we need to I needed to help them, or it seemed like they needed to take it more seriously, to be more thoughtful about it, to be more attentive. Um and not just to assume that as long as there was food on the table and Wi-Fi was working in the home, that everything was fine. It's that invitation and to help young women um, and middle-aged women to think more deeply about what's happening in their home and what they what they want to happen in their home, what needs to happen in the home. And that's another part of it is that as the as the culture has changed. The home is more and more important, not less and less important, because it's a place where we can we can foster things better. We don't necessarily we aren't necessarily able to affect you know profoundly the workplace or the classroom of our of our children, our families, but we can profoundly affect the home. And if our if our children, if our husband, if our families are in the home they will be enriched by that. They'll be helped by that to be who they're meant to be. What are the things we should be thinking about in regards to a thoughtful home? The The purpose of the home is to provide for the general human needs of the people that live there. And so when I say general, I mean, the the home needs is a place that provides for their material needs, you know, their, the food, the amount of sleep they need, you know, nutrition, shelter, clean laundry, but it's also a place that provides for human contact, for their emotional needs, the the idea that someone pays attention to them, mm-hmm. someone cares about them, someone responds to what they say. And, and it also, the home is a place where their intellectual needs can be filled. It, you know, your intellectual needs can be filled other places as well, but the home, I mean, we spend a lot of time in our homes, even if we 
are gone eight hours a day, that means we're home 16 hours a day. And if we're gone for 16 hours a day, we're still home for eight hours a day. So there's a lot of time there. I think what's really important in the home is that there's a a, a habit, a culture, an atmosphere of paying attention mm-hmm. so that that the adults are paying attention to each other, paying attention to the children. The children are paying attention to the adults. The children are paying attention to each other. And everyone is learning how to pay attention to what they're doing, you know, to the book in front of them, to the work in front of them, to the game in front of them, you know, even to the screen in front of them. If they're supposed to be on a screen, they should be paying attention to what they're doing on that screen. Um, those habits of, of focus versus dissipation, of paying attention versus distraction, that's something that can really be fostered in the home. It could, we really have some control there. So for an, exa- an example, the family meal. Um, the family meal is such a great opportunity to provide for all the needs, all the human needs, um, to provide that, you know, that the food they need, the, the nutrition that they need, that we need but also to provide conversation, to provide human contact. Um, It gives the parents a chance to pay attention to the children, you know, not just to pay attention, listen what they're saying, but Mm -hmm. to watch their reaction to what someone else says, to watch their mood, to pay attention to their mood, not just parents to children, but wife to husband, husband to wife, children to children, you know. We're all sitting around the table with nothing else to do except eat. And so we have... We can eat and do a lot of other things at the same time. We're really good at that, right? So it's a chance to to sit and pay attention to each other. I, I often think that parents need to be in a situation where, in a culture, in an atmosphere, where they can say, there's something going on with that kid. What's going on with that kid? And then maybe have the chance to say to the spouse, you know, have you noticed there's something going on with Johnny? There's something going on with Mary. Um, what's going on? And then to pay attention, to think. That takes time to provide all that contact and all that attention. People have to be in the home. And they have to be in the home in such a way that they're not isolated from each other, but that they are together. So the home should be designed, the routine of the home, the material layout of the home should be designed so that people are naturally together. What you're describing, I mean, I can picture the moments in our house where we're there, but it is really chaotic and not of, I mean, people are maybe in close proximity, but not really engaged. And then there's these other moments where I can understand what you're saying, where you, you see like, huh, well, I wonder what happened today, or you, you sense something because you're paying attention to that person. And, and I think in a unique way that only families can, because we do know each other so well. There's always going to be chaos. I mean, I don't know. We're empty nesters now. There's not a lot of chaos anymore. But, but you know, in a, in a family with younger people, younger kids, there, there will always be times of chaos and times when you have to be rushing around. But the, the structure of the home, the structure of the routine, the way, that, the way things are designed should maximize times of attention and calm and hu- real human contact. Mm-hmm. And, and minimize the, the chaos. Did you like what you heard today? 
For more information about Well-Read Mom and joining a group near you, visit our website at wellreadmom.com. Well-Read Mom groups are forming now. We make it easy to grow in friendship by sharing great books and literature. 